House Republicans are getting ready to again start the process of trying to pick a new speaker after nearly three weeks with no one in that top job. These are nine candidates that are now running. They are going to deliver their pitches to their GOP colleagues during a closed door candidate forum that is set to begin about three hours from now. And then tomorrow morning, members will take an internal secret ballot vote with the goal of selecting their nominee. The big question, who can get those 217 votes that are needed to win the gavel. Joining us now is Republican Congressman Larry Bouchon of Indiana. Sir, thank you so much for being with us. Who are you planning to support for speaker? You have many options. Well, at this time, I'm non-committed. You know, I want to see what the nine have to say. I know all of them uh, very well, and I want to see what they have to say tomorrow because it's challenging times. Uh, so right now, I'm not committed. I do think, you know, some people who have been in leadership positions or committee chair people uh, have a little bit of a leg up organizationally, but I think everyone's in the game at this point, so I'm not committed. Okay, well, that would bring me to, you've, you've supported candidates who could get the most support. Why not Tom Emmer? He is uh, apparently the front runner at this point in time. Well, Tom and I are friends. He did a great job at the NRCC for two cycles from our perspective. He's been a good uh, Republican whip. I'm on the whip team. So yeah, I would agree he's a, a great leader, but of course you have to get the majority of House Republicans to agree with that. And the other candidates, are, some of which are pretty strong. So we'll see. At this point, personally, I'm still uncommitted. Does the fact that Tom Emmer voted to certify the 2020 election, as you did as well, disqualify him with a significant part of your conference? Well, I would hope not. You know, I voted to certify the election, as you just mentioned, because uh, it constitutionally was the right thing to do. And so I don't think that should be disqualifying, and I think uh, it won't be for Tom. It seems that we are watching the conference moving from candidates with more, though still not enough support, to a candidate with less and obviously still not enough support. How is that a strategy for electing a speaker? How is that going to turn around? Well, let me just say, you know, I support Kevin McCarthy. I supported him as speaker and I've supported him throughout his career. He helped me start from the beginning. So, you know, I'm a big Kevin McCarthy supporter, but going forward, of course, he's not in this race. So I think what you have to do is uh, look at the candidates and once conference picks a solid candidate, I would expect all the conference members, except for maybe a few, to vote for them. And so uh, I was telling someone this earlier, the, the lack of confidence in, and faith in our traditional institutions in the U.S. is the issue. Government, law enforcement, faith in general uh, is, is a problem. And I think you're seeing that reflected somewhat in, amongst House Republicans. You know, you need to pick a candidate that the majority of people choose and then you go, need to go to the House floor and you need to vote for them. And that's my approach. So I've supported our nominees at this point. I supported Congressman Jordan because he was picked by the conference. Uh, but, you know, a lot of people now are not doing that. And I think we need to change that. So to your point there, do you want to see in this internal ballot a candidate get to 217 before they take this to the floor so that you don't see another situation like you saw with Jim Jordan? You know, ideally that would be the case, but I don't think that will happen. I think, you know, to get 217 in the conference uh, probably won't happen. And then here's the other thing. That doesn't guarantee that people will not go to, still go to the floor and uh, not vote for the person that they said they would. So we've had that happen in the past. I've been here 
since 2011 and with Speaker Boehner, we had a number of people who deflect, uh, uh, defected from Speaker Boehner when they said they were going to support him. So I don't think it's that important. It'd be nice. But I do think we have to have a strong majority supporting our candidate because if we just have a bar uh, barely supported candidate and another candidate who's close, then it makes it more difficult to get 217 votes. We saw that with Congressman Scalise, who I also would have been supportive of had he gone that, uh, to the floor for that vote. When do you see this ending? I mean, could we get to the shutdown date three weeks from now and still not have a speaker? I don't think so. I think it's going to get resolved fairly soon. Uh, I'm hopeful it's going to get resolved this week. It should. Uh, and we'll see where it goes after this evening. But I, I think House Republicans know that this is very detrimental to uh, the country, not having a speaker. Look what's going on in your reporting before this segment about what's going on over in Israel, what's happening in the Ukraine, and all the other things we know are happening in the world, including in our own country. So we need to get a speaker so that we can move forward. Do you worry that your party, your conference, has put itself in a position of weakness going into negotiations ahead of the shutdown? Because this is time, we're, we're watching this circus, that they could have spent negotiating uh, ahead of this shutdown date. And, and they haven't done that. So you could see where Americans might be more inclined to blame them over other parties. Well, I think it does put us at a disadvantage. Absolutely. We don't have a speaker. We're in the majority. It's on us to choose a speaker. So of course, uh, you know, we don't have someone who is the speaker of the house to negotiate with the white house, with uh, Senate Democrats who are in the majority in the Senate. So it does put us at a political disadvantage and honestly disadvantage uh, it's a disadvantage to the country if you don't have everyone uh, in place that can come up with uh, deals that they think is the best for the American people. So absolutely, it puts us at a disadvantage politically, uh, but also practically for the country, it's not a good thing. Congressman, we really appreciate your time. Uh, we are certainly looking to see what comes out of this candidate forum, as, as I know you are. So thank you for being with us. My pleasure. Thank you.